Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of 7-Minute Scaling Secrets, where we interview entrepreneurs and learn a secret on how they scaled up their businesses. Today, we have a special guest, Daryl Cole, who started off as an entrepreneur uh, selling customized cocktails, but has moved on and developed and evolved into a business that uh, I'll leave to him to describe. So Daryl, tell us more about yourself. How do you get started with a business that sells customized cocktails. This episode was brought to you by Superscaling. Join the Superscaling Ignite program today and learn how you can systemize and superscale your business so that your revenues can grow to at least $100,000 a month with a productive team from all over the world, raving fans as clients and happy founders who have true freedom. Visit superscaling.com ignite today. And now back to the episode. Hi everyone, Daryl. So, um... I was bartending for a period of time since I was 18 years old. And after going through uh, competition after competition, I finally won one. And that's where I found like, oh, I actually had the authority to start something, which I wasn't satisfied with in the industry. Okay. So I thought of starting a customized cocktail uh, that can be ordered online and delivered right to your doorstep. That was in 2017. So okay. after going through that, I spent my own money, learned about how marketing works online. But sadly, I still failed because within an e-commerce business, there's so many facets to it. There's uh, the logistics, the supplier, uh, the customer experience and marketing, of course. So after going through that failure, I went into helping other businesses do their marketing as I had some experience of my own. So through that, I had a lot of experience uh, and success with e-commerce stores. So one, uh, when it comes to starting Hoseki, it was when one of my clients from Renal Digital, uh, we did really well for them, and he asked me, he asked me, do you want to start uh, a business with me? So that's where Hoseki started one and a half years back in the midst of COVID. Yeah, and uh, I understand that you actually sell gemstones and jewels uh, through yeah. Hoseki. Yeah. Awesome. Um, let's 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 rewind a little bit. Like you are a champion bartender. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Back so in cool. 2017. That's so cool. Uh, do you still do bartending right now? Uh, not anymore, sadly. Oh really? <laughs> uh, so tell us a little bit more about the customized cocktails business. Uh, was it like one of those businesses where it's online and then you deliver customized cocktails to customers? Yeah, so um, I, I thought about bringing the bespoke cocktail bar experience online. So someone can go online, choose whether they like gin, vodka, rum, tequila, whiskey, right. and what flavor profile they like, whether it be sweet, sour, uh, floral, fruity, or uh, bitter and strong. And from there, I will concoct something that's specially just for them and right. then deliver to, right to their doorstep. Oh man, but twenty seventeen was uh yeah two years early too early for COVID. Oh, Otherwise, you would have been a huge success. Yeah, COVID I think was was a it's a very tragic. I mean, it's a global pandemic, right? It's it's yeah. a terrible event, but um, I I think it's peculiar in the sense that it actually accelerated and enhanced a lot of industries. Uh, even though several other industries were badly impacted. And I think tech, online platforms, delivery, e-commerce, 
were businesses and industries that really got uh, positively impacted because of the effects of the pandemic and the social restrictions. That that's that's amazing because like a lot of times people think that running businesses is just a one-dimensional kind of thing, but there's so many variables involved, including macroeconomic uh, trends, the economy, uh, the zeitgeist, people's thinking, and and all that all matter as well. I mean, if somebody were to start an e-commerce business 20 years ago, people would think that the guy was nuts. That was the dot-com boom, right? And and, and bust as well. But these days, e-commerce is like, you know, everybody expects that these days. Uh, sounds like that was un- the unfortunate case for your customized cocktails business. Uh, yeah. But it's great that you moved on from that and then you went into marketing and now into Hoseki. Uh, tell us a little bit more about Hoseki. Uh, what is the differentiation factor that you bring with Hoseki versus like perhaps other people in the industry? So Hoseki, what we spotted was first is um, Feng Shui was a, something that a lot of people believe in in Singapore. Uh, whether they, um, that's what we felt. Uh, and then we we saw that um, many of the feng shui companies are not very well versed in digital marketing. So we felt that it, there was a little bit of a blue ocean over there. Mm-hmm. And secondly, um, when we checked on Google Trends, uh, gemstones, jewelry were actually on an uptrend. So we thought um, after looking at the market, a lot of them are selling between like 30 to maybe $60 range, which was on the low end. So we created a brand that has um, a a much fuller experience with warranties, uh, with uh, parcel reading, uh, with a great packaging um, and our own and very minimalist kind of uh, uh, charms that which the market does not have. Right. Most of them are very flashy and big, as if you see the tissue that people are wearing. So yeah. we thought of doing something that's modern, something that's more um, can be catered towards the younger generation, even though they might believe in feng shui, they might not want to wear something so flashy. Yeah. So that's what we created and differentiated ourselves with. Nice. Who, who was the, the feng shui expert? Who was the gemstone expert? Was it you or... Oh no, the Feng Shui Master uh, is actually my business partner uh, from H2 Hub, which actually we did their marketing for them uh, when I was in Renown. Okay, Renown, Renown is a brand of the, that digital uh, agency? Yeah, correct. Okay. Renown is uh, the digital agency which I started around three years back okay, uh, is, to help is, uh, e-commerce businesses scale their uh, ads. Is Renown still around? Yeah, we are still serving e-commerce clients. Oh, so nice. right now, also we expanded into uh, doing projects with uh, different uh, bigger clients such as like RSAF recently we did uh, and Lenovo as well. Wow, congrats. <laughs> thank, uh, you, thank you. Having all these customers, right, especially the e-commerce space, uh, tell us a little bit more. Like, like uh, you're a marketer, you must have seen a lot of clients and a lot of uh, situations, right? What's one thing that you think that or you found that business owners might have gotten wrong or might not you know, be understanding properly about like marketing? Oh, for me, I think uh, marketing cannot uh, be the savior of the business. Okay. I think there were a few clients back in, the, uh, in a few years ago. Uh, they also 
they basically just handed their whole business to us and expect it to just work. But sometimes there's a lot of factors to uh, e-commerce business. Like I said uh, previously, logistics, customer experience, and also like the branding, the pricing, uh, like you said, also macroeconomic factors. Yeah. How many competitors are out there and what they are um, showing to your the same customers that you are trying to sell to. So if... I felt that uh, some of them are not willing to change some of the things such as like pricing their branding or the way they present their products and the rigidness of their thinking were, uh, were one of the causes of them not being able to grow as fast as some of our other clients who are more flexible in their thinking. Yeah. Wow. Okay. There's quite a few points there that we should, we should cover. Number one, uh, you talked about business owners that basically just you know, hand off everything to the agency, right? To the to the supplier, to the partner, and say like, hey, <laughs> let me pay you. And then, you know, I expect you to handle everything about like say marketing. Um how, wow. So what what typically happens to businesses like that like that? Uh, Do they usually, get results? Yeah, a lot. Yeah, sorry. Usually there are a lot of things that need to be optimized and uh assets that need to be uh, gathered from the business owner themselves okay so sometimes they need to uh, reach out to influencers by on the, by themselves yeah they need to get a uh, new photography done and if that like we can execute as fast as they want creating on an animation and the ads but on their end if they are unable to keep up with us then uh eventually there will be a lack of we can't move for the scenes same speed and the ad eventually fail. That's crazy. Yeah. Like the what you're saying is the business owner cannot keep up with the agency, which is like what shouldn't the business owner be the one that like is driving things forward? That's, that's crazy. So yeah. I guess that's one, one of the reasons. Sorry? It's one of the things that I felt uh with um well some of my clients, I learned a lot from them as well. Uh, that has very successful e-commerce businesses is that they execute really fast. Yeah. 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 Whenever they have an idea, they execute within less than a week yeah. or sometimes they do it within the next day. <laughs> so these, these are a lot of things that I also learned from my other clients before I started my own e-commerce businesses. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's not just e-commerce businesses. I think these days it applies to largely a lot of businesses. Uh, in the past, we used to be able to just like, you know, kind of chill out and let things be and, you know, business will be as usual. But uh, the pace of business these days just means that we've constantly got to be on our toes, testing, experimenting, trying things out, growing, changing, evolving, all that stuff has to happen on a daily basis. Uh, I love that about what you said. Um, the second point that you mentioned was that uh, inability to change for businesses owner for business owners right that, that inability to change i guess in relation to their branding or their pricing or to you know maybe their funnels or their packaging uh, why is that this inability to change what do you think causes them to you know not want to change i think when it comes to branding a lot of them look at uh, bigger brands uh -huh. and feel like they should be at the same level in terms of how they present their products and all that. But I feel in order for you to disrupt the market, like a good example, I think would be Prism. They don't show the same exact things as how Samsung shows it. Oh yeah. They show very user-generated content, very real and authentic, sometimes even bad quality videos <laughs> to an extent. 
So I feel if you want to um, compete at the same level as like the big brands, you have to have the same budget. But if you don't have the budget, you have to have some a different thinking, a more scrappy way of uh, going at your ads and how you present your brand. Absolutely. Uh, people see brands like Samsung, like Apple, and they want to compare themselves or they want to do the same things as those brands. But man, they are at different levels, right? And it's not that it's a bad thing. It's just if you're at different levels, if you are with like what you said, different resources, then you know how best can you actually uh, change the way that you you position yourself, you market. Uh, that that I think is something that business owners need to understand. And uh, I love the fact that you mentioned that. All right. Um, I need to ask you two questions right now. The first question, you know, um, is what is the most important habit to be a successful entrepreneur? I think most important habit would be to make sure that you constantly execute as fast as you can. Um, whenever you have an idea, straight away try to uh, implement it straight away. Don't procrastinate or think too much about it. Sometimes you never know the worst ideas can be some of the ones that sell the best. Yeah, um, I'm a big fan of progress over perfection. And I think sometimes the focus on perfection kind of causes a lot of paralysis and causes us to like just stop or not do things or to, you know, fear uh, the unknown. But um, sometimes it's just, totally agree. yeah, sometimes it's just more necessary to start, right? Like what you mentioned about the more successful e-commerce stores, you've got to just execute. You The best way to know is to just try and then from there you have more data and then you can actually change or optimize it. You can't optimize from zero, uh, yeah, you just got to start from zero and then you can optimize. So yeah. oh, I love that, man. That's such an important habit. All right. Second question. What advice would you give to another business owner? And the advice I'll give is a little bit stuck on this one. <laughs> uh, I'll show you. Uh, so the, the thing about advice is, I guess we, we know that our journey as an entrepreneur, uh, it seems normal to us because that's literally what we go through ourselves. But to other people, a lot of the things that we do aren't normal to them. They, they haven't experienced it before. They haven't done that before. They haven't learned the lessons that we have before, right? Um, like, for example, just now you mentioned that there was this emotional attachment that uh, business owners have regarding their branding, their pricing. Uh, that is great advice because now business owners, you know, maybe need to reconsider the way that they, they think about their brand, right? And, and you know, what you said could have like saved them tens of thousands of dollars or even more, right? Imagine they just go run like a bunch of ads trying to be the next Apple. Uh, but what they need is just maybe like what you said, right? You just throw in some user-generated content, have some authenticity, showcase their true like value. Uh, and that might actually resonate more with, with people. Um, yeah, so if you have any other pieces of advice, would there, would there be any, um, something about yeah, your journey? The main thing would be to be willing to change and adapt. Because actually, Jose Kira, even though within 15 months, we did uh, like a million dollars in sales. Nice. Our first month, actually, we only did uh, uh, 1.5 thousand. Yeah. Yeah. So Incredible. we did the horrible month and it was during December, which was one of the peak periods for e-commerce business. Right. And we made 
so much changes. We changed the pricing. We changed how we presented the ads. Uh, we changed our whole product page. Yeah, and we in the next month in January, we actually did I think fifteen thousand or fourteen thousand and plus plus ten times increase. Just yeah, so I feel like the willingness to change is very important. Yeah, man, that's that's. The, the results that you have, I think that's just showcases that importance, right? Imagine if you just gone down that route and just like, you know, I'm going to do, I'm just going to try to make things work with the current state, right? Or current form and, and you just hold on. Uh, it'd be terrible. I, I don't think you'll get that 10 times increase in a month, much less like the million plus that you've gotten in like 10 months. So uh, kudos to you uh, for that. And I think that's an important lesson and piece of advice for other entrepreneurs that a lot of times in our journey, trial and error, experimentation, changing things and making sure that we are not attached to the past, I think that's an important, important state of mind to be in. Um, great. Hey, Daryl, I'm sure the audience would love to find out more about what Hoseki does and maybe uh, even reach out to you. What's the best way to do that? Uh, they can... Uh... Find me on LinkedIn or uh, if a bit more personal, I don't really uh, show my face there, but it's on Instagram. Yeah. So That's I'm good. always happy to help anyone, even for free. Sometimes sometimes I feel like I give up too much of my time, but uh, you can always add me on LinkedIn and just ask me, hey, um, something's not working here. Can you like uh, tell me what's wrong or yeah, give me a little bit of tips. Yeah. Always happy to uh, share. Sounds good. And your expertise area is in marketing, especially in the areas of e-commerce. Um, that's great. Uh, in On LinkedIn, I guess you are Daryl Co. Yeah. Uh, I will give you the link later. For sure. You um, below. Yeah, for sure. There'll be links in the show notes and the description. Uh, but just in case people are listening on this via audio, Daryl Co. Daryl K-O-H. You can find him on LinkedIn. Uh, or Instagram, and to find out more about Hoseki, you can visit hoseki.com, H-O-S-E-I-K-I. Hoseki is Japanese, I just found out from Daryl, uh, stands for jewel or stands for gemstone in Japanese. So if you guys are looking for gemstones and jewels, that's one of the best places to check things out. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening in to another episode of 7-Minute Scaling Secrets. I really appreciate all of you and I hope you guys have taken a thing or two away from this episode together with Daryl Poe. If you guys like this episode, please like, comment, share and more importantly, subscribe. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you don't like. Let me know what you like and I hope to see you guys real soon on the next episode. Take care.